set out, right? We're a little bit ahead. Today, I want to look a little bit into the. You um, sent some out last night, right? Yeah. See, there's a couple. You have a couple. You're ahead now, so you have stuff to do right. for the next time. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. So you now have four of these, right? And, yeah. and we're only on the third, right? right. Okay. So and I'm going to talk a little bit today about the structure of the tour, right? So I'm going to actually hold up the safer and uh, you know. And I want to show you what a volume, as a matter of fact, of the tour not only looks like, but it should look like. Can you pass me one? So this is what the tour should look like. Right? It's what all your sperm should look like. Right? <laughs> okay? Should be well dog-eared and uh, whatever. So let's take a little excursus through halakhic literature before we start, and then we'll jump back into Tom Kiikar. Right, because uh, I want to continue with um, the shitos of the Rishonim and putting together all the gemaras that we saw last time. Remember, we saw the uh, Avodah Zarah with called Tamo Mamasho ain't looking alive. Called Shetamo Mamasho looking alive. Just Mamasho ain't Tamo, but there is Mamasho ain't looking alive. Right, so we saw that Mamra, and we saw the gemara in that uh, the other source in in. Um, in Chulin, with the Machlokas of Abaye Varava, Derech Bishul Torah, right? So I want to try to put those together. But let's just take a quick excursus through halakhic literature. So, Gemara we're well familiar with. Um, if you think about it, there are two, the two parts of the, of the Talmud, right, are pretty much indicative of the two styles of Jewish law. The Mishnah is generally without source, right? So in, in the language of modern law, that's called apodictic, right? It means it's just dictums. They're just halakhic statements. So the Mishnah is generally, there are a few times it'll say Shinamar, right? Or, uh, you know, but generally the Mishnah comes without source. And it's just a halakhic statement of law. Now you know that that was actually the style of the Amoraim, even though the Mishnah is from the time of the Tanaim, the Amoraim, right, were basically the, the those who declared Mamra, who said halachic statements of law. So if you look, you'll see, like it'll say, you know, Rav said this, or Abaye said that, or Rabbi Yochanan, or Rabbi Yochanan, he just gave the halacha without a source, right? The original style of Torah Shabbat Peh, way before the Mishnah, however, where would we find it? We'd go back and we'd look at the oldest Tanaitic Midrashim that we have. So if you've ever looked in the Sifra, for instance, on Vayikra, right? So just remember this, the Sifra is one book, Sifra HaSefer, so it's on Vayikra. The Sifra is on two books, Sifra plural, so it's on Bamidbar and Dvarim. So you have these Tanaitic Midrashim, and they come from, they're very ancient, there's also on Shmos, there's a, a, a Midrash Halacha called the Mechilta. Right, which is also on, on, so you have on Shmos. You don't have a Midrash Halacha um, on um, uh, Bereshis, okay? So there is not. But there is on Shmos, and there is on Vayikra, and there is on uh, Bamidbar and Dvarim. Now, <coughs> when you look at these Midrashim, it'll give the words of the Pasuk, and then it'll say the Torah Shabbat Peh on it. So it'll say, Usfartem Lachem, Shetehei Sfira Lecholachas Ve'achas. Mimacharasa Shabbos, Mimacharasa Pesach, right? So it gives the law, and there's even a little dialectic, sometimes a, a little bit of shaklavitaria, but usually very, very little. And it usually gives the Torah Shabbat Peh and the, the Torah Shabbat followed by the Torah Shabbat Peh on that. And we think that probably the style of learning was, the original style of learning was to learn the Pasuk 
and then all the Tavash Shabbat that was on it. Now, it eventually became to be prodigious amount, right? But if, if that's the way that they would learn it, and they would learn it orally, right? So we look, look at the Gemara and Git, and we see that it was only when it became so much material that they applied the Pasuk, Ace La Lashem, Hefer Sorosecha, we're going to throw out the baby with the bathwater if we don't allow you to write Torah, the Torah Shabbat Pet down. But originally, it was Dvarim Shebichsav, Iata Rashai Liom Ram Balpeh, and Dvarim Shebalpeh, Iata Rashai Likosvam, you can't write them. So that's in the Gemara in uh, Gitten, I think it's around Samach Gimel or whatever, You'll, you can find it easily. Um, in the day of the uh, Gemara, everybody's in the day of the computer. Everybody's a bucky. You go machol You do a search, you'll find it. Okay. So the we have this uh, um, uh, we have this uh, requirement that you don't say things that are bichsav balpe. You don't say things balpe. You don't write down. Okay. So it used to be way back in my younger days, I was very very mockbeat if I was going to quote a pasuk to make sure to bring the, you know, to have a, a Torah there, Chumash, or a Tanakh there, and never say the Pasuk, right? So, it's, but, and I can tell you that even when we're reciting the Pasuk for something other than Talmud Torah, that's definitely an Indian. So they, Balei Halacha, have to learn a Heter in order to allow you to, um, to say the Shema, the Kavana Rabba, with your eyes closed, right? Because it's a Pasuk, right? So that actually... They 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 actually discuss whether or not it's permitted to keep your eyes closed, or whether you have to read it from you know a safer, right? So uh, um, the Torah Shabbat wasn't written down, and um, the first thing that they allowed people to do was they could write something called a Megillah Starim for themselves, something personal, seser, something hidden. And you can see, and the Gemara mentions in several places. I'm putting this together from tons of sugyas we read get a sort of a picture of the history. Uh, the Gemara has a tradition that, uh, uh, you know, Gemara would quote various Chachamim uh, 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 who would quote from something that they kept for themselves that they wrote down but they couldn't publish. Everything was oral. So they would say the Pasuk and then they say all well, the Torah Shabbat on it. Okay. Eventually though, they realized that the halacha itself and there, so if you wanted to look for the halacha, you wouldn't know where to find it. You'd have to know where the pasuk is in the Torah. Nothing was topical, right? So you'd have to know what pasuk it was, and then you go through, and, you know, if you're Rav Shechter, this is something easy, right? Just go through in your mind, and you, you figure out where it is, right? So you'd remember, you just quickly scan the whole Torah Shabbat Pet. But it wasn't practical, and a new form of learning developed called the Mishnah form. So the Midrash form comes first, the Mishnah form comes later. The Mishnah form is to have like apodictic law, to have like law without justification, without any pasuk, without any source, and arranged topically. So you have a whole bunch of collections of Mishnayos, Bar Kapara collection, there was a collection that was done by Rabbi Meir, right? Rabbi Meir had, and these were the authoritative statements of Tanaim who framed the law in the Mishnah form, or, right? Okay, so they would frame a law where they would just say the law, and they a lot of them had collections, and the Tanaim originally are the people that were able to memorize these and recite them by by heart, by memory, right? So the word Tana actually means so the Tuf is a Shin in Hebrew, right, in Aramaic, like we say the Asa Torah in uh, in the um, in Haid Gadya. What's the Torah? It's a Shore, 
right? Then the ox came, right? So tough is a in uh, the uh, is uh, the tough in Aramaic is akin to the shin in in Hebrew, just as the dalit in Aramaic is a zion, right? So like we say, hadar bay means chazarbo, right? So okay, uh, um, uh, dahab is is um, uh, gold in Aramaic, right? So. Um, the uh, Tana would be Shoneh, right? Shin's a duff in the Shin, would be able to repeat by heart. He would review over and over again. So originally, a Tana, the function of the Tana was to stand up in the base Midrash and be sort of the walking, safe, you know, safer halacha. And he would know all the authoritative Mishnayos. And, um, and then uh, certain. Uh, Sort of the function became anybody from that period still in the time of Mishnayos. And uh, they would formulate collections, and Barco Prara had a collection again. One of the most important ones was Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir had a collection. Now you'll understand something. You know, in the Gemara we say Stam Mishnah, Rabbi Meir. Very often, when in our Mishnah, when it doesn't have a name, we assume it's Rabbi Meir. Why? Because who's the editor of our Mishnah? Rabbi Huda Hanasi, right? He was a Talmud of Rabbi Meir. So when he took from Rabbi Meir, if he quoted Rabbi Meir's Mishnah collection, he quoted without a name. Rabbi Meir didn't say Ani Omer when he would write his Mishnah. He would just write the Mishnayas out. So when he quoted from his, he was quoting from an anonymous source. So that's probably why Stam Mishnah Rabbi Meir. All these things in the Gemara, you sort of put them together and that's where you get, right? Okay? Yeah. When when you say it's apodactic from Mishnah, you you mean that the justification isn't listed. Not it's not listed. There is. Right. Right. There is. But it's a form of law, right? Like, for instance, the Luach Besakinesis. That's apodictic law, right? It comes without justification. It's not justified law or, or whatever else the legal scholars call it, right? So it's, um, uh, you know, Luach Besakinesis is something you go to get the, to get the din, the fact of the din. What's the problem with apodictic law? You don't know what the reason for it, so you don't know how to apply it, right? If something comes up that doesn't fit the exact cases, right? It might be that the law of basic Knesset says, you say this, don't say, um, you say, uh, on Shabbos afternoon, right? And then all of a sudden, somebody, a chosen walks in, it doesn't list whether or not you would say tzikos tzedek. It doesn't say what the reason for tzikos tzedek is. Tzikos tzedek is supposed to be tzidok hadin for Moshe Rabbeinu, by the way. So you wouldn't say tzidok hadin. You wouldn't say some funeral or hespade or eulogy type thing, or in the presence of a um, you know in the presence of a uh, a chassid, right? So any day that you wouldn't say tachnun, you don't say tzikos tzedek. Now you can ask why we say it on Shabbos. It's the waning time of Shabbos after that. Okay, so anyway, um, it's more or less, and I'm you know oversimplifying. But the point that I'm trying to make is, I wouldn't know how to apply something just from a statement of did. You need to look up the sources. You need to know what the sources are and, and whatever. So you have this Mishnah form, and it winds up in it's topical. And you know, generally, you want to look for where Megillah is. You know, it's going to be in the Seder of no, of Moed, right? Because it's a special day. And then you look in Moed and you see there's a tractate called uh, Megillah. That's probably where you'll find Purim, right? So it's a lot easier than um, having to look for, uh, and particularly it'll cover things that aren't in the Torah, the Torah Shabbat right? 
So cover also mitzvos de rabbanon, right? Okay. So, but or korbanos, you would know where to find them. You wouldn't have to look all through Sefer Vayikra for where's the pasuk and where's that. You could go topically and see where Tamura is and where Meila is and where uh, Menachos is, etc. Okay. So you have this Mishnah form, but of course there's a lot of discussion on the Mishnah form. And if you want to, you have various versions of the Mishnah around. So you have Rabbi Oshaya, right, and Rabbi Chia, who collected all these Mishnayos that didn't get into the Mishnah collection, other forms of it, right? And they're very, very important for Halacha. So the Gemara could essentially be considered, in one sense, the explication of our Mishnah by comparing it to other versions of Mishnayos, namely called Brysos. Brysos means outside, a Mishnah that didn't get in. To, by the way, I mean, somebody should tell you this stuff. I don't think anybody ever, these are like, you know, basic history of the Torah Shabbat Pet. I'm going to take it all the way up to the Mephorshim of the, the Nosei Kalim of the Shulman so here we have, uh, so the, you're, if you want to understand, for instance, Lahavdil, a uh, psak of the Supreme Court, wouldn't you get the minutes of the Supreme Court to try to understand it, right? If you had, a, if you had the discussion, the record of discussion, or you had, uh, you know, one of the justices of the Supreme Court worded the law a little bit differently, and he was part of the majority opinion, wouldn't you want to know that? And it would help you understand if, if you just had the apodictic law of the Supreme Court. So that's basically what the Gemara is. So first it's the comparison of our Mishnah to other forms of the Mishnah, and then it's the statement of Memra of Amoraim, who come along later and give various halachic decisions, and then to try to figure out whether those are halacha by comparing them to the Mishnah and seeing whose opinion they follow in the Mishnah. Yes, sir? It seems that like there's benefits, uh, like the mission systems, like a more beneficial system because you could order like by topic. You could right. uh, talk about things that are meter up on as opposed to just from the Torah sources. Exactly. But what was the historical, cultural, like how, how did they just switch systems? Well, so and you don't think that it wasn't controversial when it happened, right? No, I imagine it would be. It was. Like, it was, and we're going to see at every point when somebody goes to a new form, it becomes somewhat controversial. And if you think about it, then so let's we'll 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 jump ahead for a minute. Um, eventually, uh, a a, um, a pretty um, probably considered if you had to go through the whole history, and um, if you asked um, most American Jews who the most important Jew in history is, I think a lot of people would say not Sandy Koufax, but um, the. Uh, uh, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, right? So he's probably, you know, a pretty towering figure in the history of Yiddishkeit. Um, when he decided that the Gemara was scattered and you couldn't find things and whatever, and it really needed a topical treatment, what Sefer did he write? Yeah, he wrote the Yad Chazaka, the Mishnah Torah, right? You don't think that was completely, it was a terrible backlash against the Rambam a terrible backlash You're and so if you look in the Hakdamit in the Mishnah Torah, what does he say he's following? the example of Rabbi Yudha Nasi right, by ordering things, by writing in Hebrew instead of Aramaic he says I write in the, in the Lashon of the Mishnah right? and by ordering things by topic and it was very controversial but what before that People still, because it was Torah Shabbat Peh, linked to the Torah Shabbat there was always a bias 
to keep, to preserve that link to the Torah Shabbat Okay, So the n- first time that we wind up, so you have the Gemara, which is basically um, re- a reconstructed dialectic from the base Midrash. It's not the order of the base Midrash, but it's reconstructed dialectic and to explain the, you know, the opinions of the Gemara and to compare Mishnah to Brisa and to compare Memra to Mishnah in order to be able to uh, pursue coherence and see what the law is. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, but um, yeah, please. In, in the earlier st- stages, I understand like Mishnah, like Rayudanasi was also like very, that was like a crazy time that they wrote down everything. But before, like, there seems to be a switch earlier from the Midrash system to the Mishnah system. Like, yeah, so how did that gain popularity? Was there any historical? I mean, yeah, well, so you can see like the echoes of that throughout the Gemara. And, um, but, uh, essentially it was because of the prodigious amount of material and people needed to sort of know what the laws were and they would, you know, there would be decisions that were, that wound up in the Torah Shabbat Peh and somebody had to, you know, sort of memorize all those and I think it was sort of like, it happened naturally. It was like a natural progression. I think it was like a natural progression, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Okay? so the, um, but I, I could point out to you in Shas places that would be, that would show some of the tensions of the adaptation. We're going to see one uh, when we study Basar Rukhal of God willing, and we talk about waiting um, between milk and meat, the amount of time. We're going to see uh, a, an interesting phrase in the Gemara. Um, it's going to say, Hu Tanila, Bahu Amarla. First, he taught the tradition, Bahu Amarla, like a Tana, and then Hu Amarla, like an Amora, he gave the decision. So we're going to see that phrase, which is little phrases like that are like very indicative. So when you've been, you know, through Shas several times and you've seen all these, you begin to get a picture of of the history of of the of the uh, literature. So you want, but you want to still preserve the link to um, to the Torah Shabbich Sav. So a new form developed, and that was based on a Gemara in Makos, a Gemara in Makos. Omar Rabbi Simlai, that there are 613 mitzvahs in the Torah. And I always thought that this was more homiletical on his part, more of a drash on his part, because he said there are 365 mitzvahs lo sase and 248 mitzvahs sase. And he says, why are there 365? Because there's a mitzvah for every day of the year. And why the 248? Because it corresponds to the parts of the body. Namely, that the Torah is and mitzvot are all-encompassing. They cover every time, and they cover every part of us. Right? 365 is, is the... Slosase. No, but it's the solar calendar. Yes, it's the solar calendar, right. You went by that? Well, no, but I mean, well, they had a tradition of 613. Where'd they get that tradition? So he was clever. He saw what the numbers were. Where'd they get the tradition? Taryag mitzvahs. Right. right? No, but the, so, no. but where does that come from? So what's Torah in Aramaic? Uh, in Gematria, sorry. 611. Uh, uh, yeah, so we had, a, we had a tradition that 611 mitzvahs, Torah Tzibolanu Moshe, but two mitzvahs, uh, the w- Moshe heard from the Gvura. So what does that give you? If Torah is 611, then there must be 613 mitzvahs, because including the two. So he, that's where he got Taryag, and then he said, oh, wait a minute, Taryag. 
365 to 248. Oh, well, there's 365 to this and 248. That's the way I understand it, right? I don't think that the, you know, that um, necessarily, and I'll tell you why I have to think that. Because then you develop the whole literature to count the mitzvahs, right? And they're all enumerated by different people in different ways. And that became the Sifrei Halacha, too. So you had the, but there was a step before that that I left out. And that was the step of a commentary on the Gemara. Okay? So you have the, the before we get to the Sefer, uh, you know, to the Monea Mitzvahs, right? And uh, they include the Sefer Achinuch, the Rambam Sefer Mitzvahs, the Sefer Mitzvahs Gadol, the Sefer Mitzvahs Katan, right? Which are, you know, from a uh, product of Ashkenazic French Jewry. Let's, uh, let's um, uh, um, point out that the original halachic works were written as a commentary on the Gemara. So the riff would quote everything that was halacha, have a little shakla, he'd pick out the shakla vitari that he thought it was halacha, and he'd sometimes have some comments of his own, and you'd learn the psak from the riff. What was the benefit of that? Well, the benefit was that it was somewhat topical, it was connected to the Gemara, so it had a, you know, an antiquity to it, but on the other hand, the Gemara, in what the Meiri calls Derech Talmud, has sort of like a stream of consciousness. It gets, you know, Yevamas talks about Giyor. How would you know to look in Yevamas for Giyor, right? And matters of, maybe, because matters of status, you'd have to know that. How would I know to look for, um, uh, let, I mean, let some of the weirder things or less obvious things throughout uh, Shas that appear in various places. How would I know to look for Shefiyanu Alakos in Eruvin. How would I know that it would come up? But it came up in the stream of consciousness of Derech HaTalmud that the Meiri calls, right? So therefore, it had a benefit in that it was somewhat organized, it had antiquity, it was tied to the flow of the Gemara, but it was still difficult to find the right halacha on occasion. And that's what led then to to topical collections of halacha. And one of the first, of course, is the Rambam in the uh, Mishnah Torah, and it's very, very controversial. He says, I want to free people from having to go to the Gemara, because not every, very few people can learn Gemara. They don't know Aramaic, it's very difficult, and whatever, they don't know Sakas, I'm going to write something so that it will free you from the Gemara. Then what did the Nosei Kalim of the Rambam do when they wrote commentaries on it? They discuss all the Gemaras that it comes from, right? So they take us back to Shas. Because in the end, you can't get away from Shas. Okay? Then, after that, you already have new topical collections. Okay? Now, the Rush, Perush, follows the Shas, right? It follows the Sugya. But the Rush's son decided to write a Sefer in which he would uh, break it up into four sections. And he is known as the Baal Haturim. He's the son of the Rush. Okay? And uh, uh, we're going to see, I'll, I'll mention, whenever we mention a Sefer in the future, like a, you know, like Crazy Place or something, I will give you the background, I'll show you a page of the Sefer, I'll tell you how, where it fits in and what its contribution is. So you'll like have, be familiar with the overall halakhic literature, which is something that you should, before you leave here, it's, you should know all the major, you know, um, sparring, okay? And have had some taste of them. You know, right. So that's important. So the uh, the Arba Turim are the you know the four rows of jewels in the Choshen, right? And what he does is he divides them up into Orechayim, 
which is the first one, which is the things that um, happen the most. So Tadir Rashay no Tadir, that's the daily things. And then it has Shabbos, and then the Moadim, and they're all over Chaim, right? He has Choshen um, HaMishpat, uh, um, which is civil law. He has Eben HaEzer, which is marital law, right? And Yoridea, which is basically Iser Beheter, and other miscellaneous topics like Stucca, right? And, you know, other things like that. So um, we're, that's the tour. The tour is topical, and he had an order of Simanim. Now the Shulchan Aruch writes his first work before he writes the Shulchan Aruch. He writes a commentary on the tour. So the Simanim, the order of the Simanim in the Shulchan Aruch follows the order of Simanim in the, that the tour is. It takes the tour. And that's why our book here for learning is the tour of the Shulchan Aruch. Right? So the tour first, the Beis Yosef writes, a, the Mechaber writes a commentary on the tour, uh, adding in Svartic, uh you know, putting a heavier emphasis on some of the uh, other authorities. The tour quotes the Rosh a lot. He'll say Avi Adoni Harosh Zal, right, which is Aleph Aleph. Whenever you see that, it's Avi Adoni. He's writing about the Rosh, right? And uh, he relies very heavily, but he uh, the uh, the the base Yosef adopts a different uh, in his commentary to decide what the halacha is, which follows the order of the tour. He adopts a different principle. He writes, if you read the Hakdama, he writes that I'm going to follow Yachid Baravim Halacha Ravim Acharei Ravim Lahatos. He says, right? So he takes the three Amudim of the, of the Halacha, the Rambam, the Rif, and the Rush. And he says that he's going to follow whatever two out of the three, whatever the majority opinion is. Yes? Yeah, I never understood why he decided that those were the main three, especially because you have people like the Rambam, who is clearly you know, a huge expert, Bucky, in many, many fields. So I think you, know, you can read the Hakdama of it and see if, uh, to the Beis Yosef, and that doesn't satisfy you. Um, I, I would suggest that you make an appointment to speak with him in the Olam Ames, <laughs> and that'll be the first thing you'll ask him, what happened to the Rambat, right? Okay, who's a, you know, uh, a, a pretty big factor in the Halacha, right? But um, the Rambam was clearly a giant, the Rip was clearly a giant, and the Rush was clearly a giant. And the interesting thing is this majority-type view, which, by the way, he's very much attacked for in the Yom Shel Shlomo. So the Maral right, you know, the Marshal, sorry, the, uh, uh, in the Yom Shil Shlomo, writes the introduction, he says, why should the halacha follow some majority thing? You, halacha should be whatever you think is the, makes the most sense, right, as that's, opposed to saying. That's like the Rambam. Yeah, Rambam so, so uh, he attacks him for that, but the, the, the Beis Yosef follows that general principle of majority rules, yes. I heard he didn't, like he like spoke about that in his introduction. In his introduction, but he doesn't necessarily follow that in practice. Well, so he's not so orthodox that way in following that principle. But that's what he says is his general principle, right? And he doesn't. And not only that, but he also doesn't always agree in the Shulchan Aruch with what he wrote in the Beis Yosef. So there are many places where he uh, disagrees. He wrote um, the. Uh, uh, on him, after there was another famous commentary also on the uh, on the tour, um, and that was written by Rabbi Yoel Sirkis, who's the Bach 
in our Gemara, the Hagos Bach, right? And uh, he wrote, the reason why it's called the Bach is because his major work is also a parish on the uh, tour, and it's the Bais Chadash, right? So you have the base Yosef and the Bais Chadash. And if you'll look inside of the tour, you'll see that the base Yosef, it's like Rashi and Tosas, the base Yosef is always in the center, right? And the Bach, the Bais Chadash, or the Bach is always on the uh, outside. After, by the way, after a lot of con- and the Ramah writes his first Perush, he's writing around the same time, and he writes his first Perush also as a Perush of the tour, and it's called the Darke Moshe, and it appears right underneath. So you have the component parts of the Shulchan Aruch on the page of the tour available to you. Yes, sir? I'm just curious, and this is like kind of out of left field, but who made the source of that for the Shulchan Aruch? Like at that point, that was already us? No, so the tourist adopt for the Shulchan Aruch is really interesting. It actually came from a city called Sancino okay. in Italy, and it was the printer was a Meshumid known, known as Christian David Bomberg. Now, if you like to read about this... Wait, wasn't that the Gemara? Yeah, that's Gemara. We're talking about the Gemara. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so I want to say... so. It, and by the way, he is the one, but maybe Hashkacha Pratis was Kaddish Barako, who actually decided what collections of Tosfus would appear on the page. So I grew up as a kid, it was Gefet, you would learn. You know, Gemara, Perush, Perush Rashi, and Tosfus, right? And, you know, I didn't realize that the Tosfus were... I thought they were the Tosfus, but as I got older, I learned there were lots of collections of Tosfus. There's Tosfus Chachme Anglia, there was Tosfus Arid, Tosfus the Rashmi Shans, right? Tosfus Rabbeinu Peretz. There's a lot of different Tosfus. And he chose the Tosfus that appeared on the page, but I like to think that it was Hashkacha Pratis that actually, uh, or maybe somebody else helped him. Now, that's ironic to us, but I will also point out to you that the breakdown into Prakim in the Chumash that we use also comes from the Christians. doesn't follow the Elias. That's why when I quote in Shir, usually a Pasuk, I don't know if you notice, I quote sometimes from the Elias in the Parsha rather than from the Perak, right? Mm-hmm. Now, and you can see notably, and I'll show you one from the very beginning of Chumash, you can see a major difference, and you can see that their theology sort of, you know, so... Um, but the Shulchan Aruch, sorry, ours, this is definitely created by Jews. Yeah, yes, 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 okay, uh-huh. but the, the printing of the Bible, the Christians had a stake in the Bible, right? right? And if you're a, a, a Jew who went bad, and, you know, what did you, you maybe had a Hebrew education, and whatever, and you wanted to be able to do something that you would have an advantage of for the Goyim, you became a printer, right? Printer of Hebrew manuscripts and whatever that might be of interest to the church or to other people. Now, let me just give you an example on the uh, Prakim, okay? So on the Prakim, you know that Paul uh, um, uh, objected to the fact that Christianity needed to differentiate itself from Yiddishkeit, right? (coughs) So he decided that, uh, you know, that became then the abrogation of all the mitzvahs and whatever, and, but they couldn't get rid of the Sabbath, so what did they do? They moved it to the first day of the week rather than the seventh day of the week. So therefore then, um, where do we have, uh, anybody have a chumash here? Where does the first, uh, where do we end the Kriya? Um, we put a stop where? We put a stop, the six days of creation and then Shabbos. 
And that's also the first parsha of the Maravim also. Right? Yeah. It's right there. And what do they do? Where does the first parak end? At the end, I think the first parak ends at the end of six days of creation. Anybody have a comment? Yeah, yeah. And the beginning of parak bays is the Shabbos, so it yeah. starts the week, so to speak. Yeah. Right? So you can see, even in their breakdown of... So I like to quote from the Alios, right? Let's think, well, you can find it. Right. Look in, uh, you, you do read Hebrew, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. Good, read. okay, good. So Let's look up. So tell us where the break is. Where's All the break right. for Perak Bays? Perak Bays. Oh, gracious. Mm-hmm. After Yom Shishi. Right, so, so then what... So the beginning of the second Perak is Vayichulu, but where's the end of the Aliyah for us? And that is um, a Shabbat Lassos. Right. So we make the break where? After Shabbos, because it's the end of creation, they make the break before Shabbos because it's the beginning of the, you know, so they different. So you can see right in there. I mean, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, one of the Bible professors will tell me I'm wrong, but I'm, that's the way I've always understood it. Makes sense to me that that's why the break is the way that it is. If I remember correctly, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned Bomber. I don't want to hold you up. Yeah, no, please go ahead. You mentioned Bob. Was it Daniel Bomber, or was it David Bomber? It could be Daniel. I'm I'm not sure. Okay, because it's kind of. I I could sometimes, you know, shame or shine Nirkov, right? (laughs) So I I lose the name of. That that was my question because, if I recall correctly, this was years ago that I did my master's here, but if I recall correctly, the. um, uh, Professor Chaim Soloveitchik had claimed that the actually the, uh, the Tosafot we have are actually inferior to the ones like Rashmi Shantz and uh, and it's because the manuscripts he had were 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 actually bad. And okay, actually, if he says it, I believe it. And the other the other interesting thing is, is that Jose Faor claims that because um, the uh, because Bomberg, who was a Christian, did a lot of these printings, right. it actually ended up with a lot of he, he claims he doesn't footnote it, that's the problem, but he claims that there's not a single page of Gemara that there's not some error on. I don't know how he finds that or claims that. or. Okay, I don't know. I yeah. find the the uh, classic work on the publication of the Gemara, was there, you know what the Diktuke Sofrim is? Yeah. So Diktuke Sofrim is Ketav Yad Minchin, it's the Munich manuscript, which used to be, before we had a lot of Geniza stuff, used to be the uh, best man- and longest, oldest manuscript of the Gemara. And the Diktuke Sofri, Rabinovich was a uh, was a Jew with a hadras upon him. He was a firm Jew. He um, he wrote it with a apparatus. He published the Diktuke Sofri, and he wrote also. I I don't know if he wrote it originally in German, and I have a Hebrew translation, or he wrote it in Hebrew. This I don't remember. It's too long ago. But he wrote something called Ma'amar Al Hatkasas Talmud, and it's I have it from a Rav Cook, most of a Rav Cook edition. Um, and uh, if you read through it, tells you all about the printing and uh, of the Gemara and uh, what what got on the page and whatever. So that's in response to what you were. And they had definitely have it in the uh, library. It's a classic. Uh, I think it's a It's a classic page. But what was the, who wrote the article though? He wrote. It. He wrote. So what's the name though? It's it's published under in Hebrew Ma'amar Al Hakpasada Talmud. Okay, so, so okay. Yeah, that's where you're. That's I'm pretty sure. Okay. If, if you can't find it, let me okay. know, and I'll find it in my library and bring it. In, okay. So anyway, um, and a, a lot of what I know about the printing of the Gemara comes from his uh, his sefer, which you know. Um, uh, okay. So now we have, and uh, at, at a later time when we study the Prisha and the Drisha, I'll tell you about them. It's one person. It's a safer. You know how that 
I think the title the safest basis throw and it's brave but prejudicial we'll, we'll look into who that was and how that what what its you know purpose is but that's the safer that we have in front of us the Shulchan Aruch then later before he wrote the Shulchan Aruch wrote something there are sometimes comments after Beis Yosef in another print in which he changed his mind it'll say a base hay and it's called the Bedek Abayis you know what the Bedek Abayis was the you know, the repair fund in the base of Migdash. So he repaired his base Yosef with the Bede Kabais, right? So those are later glosses from him on uh, explaining the, um, you know, where he had a change of opinion or later sources or was answering a question, okay? So you have the base Yosef, which serves, that's the first place to start. If you want to look up a halakhic Indian, you read the tour and then look in the base Yosef, and get for yourself then the overview of all the relevant sources that you need in order to be able to um, write, in order to be able to understand this. Okay, so you, it's the first place to start in terms of research. You want to look for something, find the Siman and the Shulchan Aruch, then go to the tour and read the Beis Yosef and look up all the Gemaras, and then you're flying. Okay, that's the way to research something. Okay, all right. So. Um, and we'll look, when we get into the Shulchan Aruch, and we read a little bit, I'll, we'll say more about the Nosei Kalim of the Shulchan Aruch, who was the Shach, who was the Taz, what the relative purpose of them, and then the Primagadi, my favorite, and then we'll see in the back the Chavos Yair, and the, you know, etc. We'll, we'll get a, a real understanding of all these later, but right now, suffice it to say that we've taken it up to the Shulchan Aruch, and that the form of the Shulchan Aruch and the order of the Simani, right, which set the order of Simani for the Aruch HaShulchan, for the Mishnah Brewer, etc., is from the Torah. Okay? A little bit of background just to um, start us out. Okay? Now, <coughs> we um, last time saw uh, three sugyas related to Tam Ikar. Okay? And you'll see that in the write-up that I gave you um, from last year's Chaburah, and we approached a little bit different, but you'll read it sort of more in a narrative form. And the, you know, so you can view these sheets that I send you out as the novel that uh, and we, did, we wrote the screenplay, right? Okay? So that's what we did. We reenacted last time. So let's begin with the sheet of Rashi, because um, um, so much has been uh, written on his sheet. And um, it's really very central for most of the issues um, that we have. So Rashi, Gemara is, Halacha is coherence, finding coherent way to balance all the material that we have. So the tour and the Beis Yosef collect all this material, and then they have to find a way towards Psach, right? So you have multiple, but the Rishonim have done this first, okay? So let's, let's as a matter of fact, think about this. If the Tanaim cited Mishnayos and Brysos, and the uh, Amoraim had to refer- referee Brysa against Mishnah, right? And then the Balei Asugya had to referee Amoraim against Amoraim, and then the Tosfos and Rishonim referee Sugyas against Sugyas. That's what Gemara is, right? It's all the pursuit of coherence. It's all harmonization of sources. That's what law is. I've got a source that says this, a source that says this, let me try to understand it. Okay? So they continue the process of Talmud. 
So we don't study about the Talmud. Like um, I once wrote a uh, description of the Talmud in a book, and I got nasty comment from a historian of the Talmud at Bar Ilan said this article is worthless, it shouldn't even be included, right? Because I approached the Talmud, I know a little bit about Kamara, you know, I also know this guy, but I, I know a little bit about Kamara, and I was trying to explain the phenomenological what is the Gemara Basher Husham? Not some historical, you know, whatever. We in the Yeshiva do Gemara. A historian studies about Gemara, but we continue the process of Gemara. We're part of Gemara. Right, where we do Talmud, what do we do? We pursue coherence and sources. Right, that's what everybody did at every stage. Okay, so it's not halacha is not a list of facts. It's not spitting off dais a mile a minute. Right, uh, but it's an exercise in a harmonization of sources, not memorization. It re- and it requires a mind thinking, not memorization. Okay. So we have Rashi Shita. For Rashi, he takes the sugya that's paramount for him is the sugya of Rabbi Yochanan in Avodah So Rashi says, that's the sugya, and I have to explain everything else in accord with that. What did that sugya say? Remember? You remember that Rabbi Yochanan distinguished between two cases of Tarobus Iser Veheter? In one, there's Tamo Umama Shol Shel Iser, right? And... Um, and uh, in the other, there's Tom, there's uh, Tamo Velomama show, right? Okay, and um, you'll see in the notes that I give you, I explain something about where the Achila Vichdei, you know, the Kidei Achilles Pras comes from. Okay, but that's not our problem here. Okay, all right. So, so I, I mentioned the sugin in Croesus. I'm not going to do that here. So, in Rashi, he summarizes the whole that that whole sugin Croesus. You'll see it in the notes that I gave you. Okay. Uh, Rashi in the Gemara there is uh, the one that I'm most concerned with is Dibra Masto Tamo Veloma Masho, which he defines as remember we read it last week. Kigo, it's in, if you saw that sheet I gave out last week, which has the Gemara there, otherwise just look it up in uh, Avodah Zarah. Kigon Chelev, right? Shenafal Likdera, O Chelev Shenafal the Nimoa Sheema Masho Be'ein. Remember he said if you had fat that got dissolved into a meat pot, then a meat meat dish, then and he can't see it be'ain, then that's tamo v'lo mama show, right? And if you saw tosus on the spot, it's it's dibra maskel amar rabbi yochanan, right? On the previous amud, um, who strike out the first example of milk falling into a pot of meat on the fire, clearly uh, shown. Since even Rashi maintains that Basar Bechalav Tam Ki'ikars Media Raisa. So, um, uh, and we'll spend plenty of time with that in the future, right? Um, so, when we first started, what was the first distinction that we made? We made a distinction between Guf Ha'isur and Tama Remember? We said there's the Chepsashal Isur and then the disembodied flavor that it leaves behind when it either is the, when it's no longer Be'ain, right? 
So now we see that Gufa Isa, according to Rashi, only pertains when it's Be'ain, when you can see it. Okay? If the Tamadi Surah dissolves, if the, sorry, the Chesedi Surah dissolves in the Tarovas Isa Reheter, Rashi considers it to be Tam Bilvad. So we're going to see from Rashi in a fourth sugi in Gita that Rabbi Yochanan is one of the foundations of Ashita, that Tam Ki'ikar in non Basar Bechalov, which we say in Halacha as Sha'ar Isurim, Isurim other than Basar Bechalov. So we're going to see that, that um, uh, Rabbi Yochanan maintains that Tam Ki'ikar in Sha'ar Isurim is the Rabbanan. Okay? Does anybody have a chul in here today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's uh, let's take a look at chul. Sari ches bays. I said we would look at this this time. This is the continuation of the sugya where Chazal derived the shear of sixty, right? So they say they learned it from Zroa B'Sheda. Okay. So the Gemara first cited two versions of the statement of Rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi in the name of Bar Kapara. In the first, he's reputed to have said that call Isurin Shabbatara B'Shishi. And then in the second, call Isurin Shabbatara B'Meya. Right? So the two versions. And, then the, and they say, Ushneim Lolam Duela Mi Okay? So, one of the Zerol B'Shela is one of the Matnos Kahuna Right? It's the shoulder from the El Nazir, which is one of the three carbonos that the Nazir brings at the end of Nazirus. Uh, there's an Ola, a Chatas, and a Korban Shlamim. You can see this all in the Psukim in the, in the Torah. Okay? The Korban Shlamim is a Riyam. The shoulder of that Korban Shlamim goes to a Koh, to the Kohen, right? Uh, along with one each of the ten Chalos and the ten Rikikim that he brings. Okay? That's all from the the Sugi and Cholin asks how these Amoraim can base the Shirim of 60 and 100 on the El Hanazir since a Brisa dis- designates Roa B'Shela as an exception. Remember I told you we'd look at this Sugi at this time. Do you, if you don't have it, do you have it? Okay. So let's follow with me. Okay. Says the Gemara, Omi Yalfin and Mina. And can we really learn Shishim from this Roa B'Shela? Right? Which means, right? To really learn a general principle for Isar Vahetar from Zro B'Shela when a Brysa says that it's the preser- proverbial exception that proves the rule. It's a Heter, which which is generally Usar. Okay? So, how can we square this Brysa then with the two contradictory but complementary traditions of Shishim and Meya? Right? They're contradictory in the sense that they disagree on the quantity, but they're complementary in that they both support the idea that the numbers derive from El Nazir. Right? Okay? With me? Okay. So does this price, uh, doesn't it come to say every other Easter doesn't fit this role of Shayla? Right? So the Gemara is, Zeu lama'ute mai. Lav lama'ute koli surin so now the Gemara is going to present a series of answers trying to identify what makes Zoro B'Shel an exception. What's the area of halacha 
in which there isn't bitul, in which the to which the brisa refers zehu lemaut right zehu heter habal miklal iser. What's the thing that it's matir that isn't right? Is it sixty that it's matir or something, and others don't have sixty, or is it something else, and we can still <coughs> use it for sixty? Right? With me? Okay. So let's look at the what it what it brings. Abaye gives the first one. He says, first we need to, there's one Chacham uh, who maintains that B-tool doesn't work when you have Mim B-mino. Okay, who is that? Rabbi Yudin. Okay, so an example is Basar Nevela mixed with Basar Shkuta, right? What's Nevela mean? It wasn't checked properly, right? Died by itself, or it was improperly shafted. So the, sh- the shchuta cannot negate the presence of the nevela, since we require physical contrast more than mere halachic contrast in order to have vitul. And this is, by the way, this is going to come up again in the Rod in Dabr Shiyeshlomatir. Amar Baye, lo nitzricha, elil Rabbi Yehuda, demar min b'mino lo batil, kamash malan batil. So, what does he say here? What's Abaye say? That Zeu Lamaute, Zeu Hetar Bamiklaliser? Only for that comes to refer to Rabbi Yehuda's Shita. Since we don't hold like Rabbi Yehuda, right? Rabbi Yehuda says generally, Mimimino is Lobatil. Afilu Ba'elaf Lobatil, right? Asubramashu. So for Rabbi Yehuda, the Brysa says Zehetar Bamiklaliser. But for everybody else, it, 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 it does work, and therefore Shishin. And uh, uh, works for everybody else. Okay, right. So we're concerned here, as Rashi is, with the answer proposed by Rava, since, as we noted last time, right? Remember, the halacha usually agrees with Rava, not Abaye, except in Yalkagav. Rava Amar lo nitzcha ela l'tan ikar to bekutshim aser kamashmalan dehachashari. Whoa, this is pretty. You know, we're going to return to the sugya and Siman Sadi test when we discuss Aimivatli Nisolatchila, right? So you're going to want to look at the Shaklit Tarya that I just omitted. I left some of it out. Yeah, okay? yeah. So Rabbi says that Zroa B'Shela and the Beetle that we derive from it are the exception that proves the rule. But not the rule generally in Isaveheter. So the rule generally, it's the rule generally in Kachim. In Kachim, we have a general rule that Tam Ki'ikar is Aser. For Kachim, El Nazir is an exception. Either 60 or 100 times its volume in Heter can nullify its Eser, right? So what is he saying? It's Heter, Abamiklal, Eser in Kachim. But in the rest of the Torah, it isn't. Therefore, the 60 uh-huh. is still okay. All right? So that's Ravazel. Okay? Now, what's the implication here? Rubber maintains that Tam Ki'ikar Bishari Surim does it mean is Mutter Mina Torah? Right? So look at Rashi, Dibur Masal, the Tam Ki'ikar. No Saint Tam Kimlan de Usur Bikachin Ki'ikar Mamasho Shal Isur Ulaha Milsa Kitani Zehu. In Kachim, flavor has the force of Bufa Isur. It is in consideration of this fact. Ulahamilsa, the Tana used the exclusionary word zehu. 
Okay, makes sense? Zeru lemaute she'ar kachin. This thing's robeshela comes to exclude other cases of kachin. Avacholin shapir gamrina mine lemeya v'shishi. Dehakim lan bihu. Right, he adds the word bihu. Right, as the shita mikubetzis on the page suggests. Me achare rabim lahatos de de batle beruba. Well, hold on here. This is fantastic. Rashi adds something we cannot allow to slip by. In Chulin, we have the general rule, Achari Rabbi Mahatos, which applies not only to Gufa Isur, but to the Tam Isur as well. The Torah stipulates, that's not like we said at the beginning, remember? We said Achari Rabbi Mahatos is for the Hefzid Isur, right? Didn't we say that? We didn't say that? Hefzid versus. The Gufa Isur versus the Tam. Yeah, yeah, that's what we said, right? So wait a second. According to Rashi, there are not two parallel streams here, Gufa Isar and Tom Isar, which is the way I explained it. This doesn't agree with what I said, right? They're interrelated. The fact that the Sugya says in many places, Batel Baruba, indicates in itself that Tom Lav Ki'ikar mean a Torah. Right? Okay? So our preliminary derech of viewing them as sequential tests of a mixture. First we say, is there rove? And then we ask if there's tom. Maybe that's not right. At least for Rashi. Right? Rashi's proposing a major difference here that could affect our whole understanding of Beetle. It isn't going to wind up like Rashi. You can stick with the first. Right? But it's important to note it. The Yalfina Mehacha Lahachmir the low detail Ella Bebeir Vashishi. So this all fits the sugya quite nicely for the sugya says explicitly, Right? Even those Rob Shayla Khidish, we can learn from it because we're learning a Khumra and not a Fula. Right? How is Bitul in sixty or hundred a Khumra? Because generally we don't require anything other than a rove. To be the Raisa Baruba Batel. Okay? It all seems to make sense. Now here's the clincher in Rashi's own words. The Rava Lay Tan Ki Ikar Bahulit Kidabifaresh the Azel Midiorisa Baruba Batel. He adds the next two words in case you didn't get it. Ella Midrabonin. Alright? So what, when he says, when Rashi says that the Torah says, that the Gemara says, Dibaruba Batel, right? He means even if there's time. Right? That's interesting. Okay? It's not the way we explain it. I explain them as two separate things. There's, for the Chepse Yisur, it's Rov. For the Tom Yisur, it's, you know, Shishi or not, right? So I explained them as two separate things, but Rashi says that, that he that's the way. So for him then, right, this sugya fits the sugya of Avodasara, of Rabbi Yochanan, right? Call Tom go Mama Show, Velotambo, Mama Show Velotambo, ain't Loki a lot. Tom Kikar, right? Is not is not uh, if there's not if there's a rove and it's Batil, then there's uh, then it's not the Arisa. There's no Malkos, it's not the Arisa. Okay? So he he's got that sogia and now he he focuses on Rava and explains Rava the way he just explained it. Explains Rava Shalokib Shuta in order to make it fit with the Mamra that he has in uh, in Avodazara. Now, you will find that Rashi and the Rambam very often prefer apodictic law, when the Gemara says a law, like Rabbi Yochanan comes along and says, Tamo velo mamasho, ain't lo they want to make that the halacha. Because the guy said the halacha. 
That's the halacha. And they're going to make everything else fit that because they're going to have a preference for the Feirush Memra. With me? Okay, as it's just something. To what? As opposed to what? As opposed to a Shakla Vitaria or oh. something, you know, right? So they're going to want to go. Sometimes, I'll show you it so at some point if you're interested in another time. Uh, a collection of Rambams that I have where the Rambam explains the halacha, right? Not like the Shakla Vitaria of the Shas because he wants to explain it like the Memra and he ignores the Shakla Vitaria of the Shas. And then what did the Nosei Kalim or the Rambam come along and explain? So then the Lecha mission of Magi Mishnah will say that the Rambam ignores the Sugya because the Rambam held that the Sugya was only Nirvacha de Milsa, Lahagdil Torah or Lahagir. He prefers the simple meaning of the Memra. Now, I thought I was like a Yachid in saying this, and then I found that uh, one of my idols, did you ever read the, any of the uh, stuff on the Parsha from Rav Nebensel from uh, Yerushalayim? Did you ever read any of this stuff? He's Kabbalistic. He's God can, uh, can make me cry with the beauty of what he says. Um, he, he wrote this, actually. I found it in an article. So, but after I had sort of gone on to it, and I've discussed it with other people, it's sort of a hard idea, you know? And, and, and it's interesting, because in the Chumas of Rambam, the Rambam actually writes that he's got, a, he's got a lot of ambivalence about the Gemara. He says you shouldn't waste your time learning Gemara, right? And it was one of his, you know... Um, I once discussed that with Rav Schefter, who, by the way, is who I turn to for when I'm not certain. And the Rosh Hector felt that that shuba has to be a ziyuf, has to be like not, you know, not, uh, it has to be like a forgery because it's such an astounding idea. I think that the reason that I went looking for all these places in the Rambam where he, Paskins, not like the Shakavatari, is to demonstrate that that was the Rambam's opinion largely, right? But it's very interesting, right, that, uh, you know, we use the Rambam as, you know, for us, Certainly, you know, sometimes in the brisk sheet I get the idea that the Gemara is a parish of the Rambam, not the other way around. You know, yes. But isn't that isn't that the whole? Um, I mean, d- even in the Gemara itself, we have uh, we have statements that are ambivalent about the Gemara. Is it is it, is it, is it, is it, is it about Bavel or was it the, um, the Gemara and Sanhedrin? Yeah, but that's that's, that's that's usually and, yes. And, and your Shami is less 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 people. Yeah, but that's speak? that's that's excellent. Except usually the comments in the Gemara are reservations on a specific piece of Gemara, not on the derech of Gemara. Right? Well, 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 but one one says tells on Talmud Bavel, which implies the entire derech of the. What the yeah, so I mean that's right? the, so the that's the Gemara. You're talk, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about the Gemara Svaras Sugis, right? Where yeah. they where you know um, <laughs> where <laughs> they make where they make fun of. Various guys. Oh, you came from Babel. What's the Torah? The Machshagim Hoshivani Committee. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you know, yeah. so so that. But but I I think that they didn't distinguish between the <laughs> Yisodos in the Yushami versus Yisodos in the Babli. That's the same world. They just thought that the learning was less effective. You know, uh-huh. I think that's my understanding. You know, okay. so I, I actually have a shir on why you told on that tomorrow, by the way, and I that I gave him Boca, actually. Because because if you're various about him talking about how your shami is more pashut. It's yeah, no, I so I I don't want to call it pashut. Yeah. I say your shami is more elliptical. Okay. So I actually had a period of time more when straight. I got into learning your shami right. more than Bobli. because Bobli, I got to the point that I can just read a sugi without you know 
knowing the details, I can read it for structure. It's so structured that I can figure it out on the spot. I can just, you know, read it for structure rather than for detail. And I got to that point pretty early in my learning. But Yusham, I, I, what I yearned for were the days of a so you remember when you first realized you could make a laning in a Gemara? It was like an amazing thing. You could like read a piece of Gemara you hadn't seen, you could actually understand it, right? So I yearned for that, the, the struggle to to be mifaneach the Gemara, to, like, to solve it, when it was still a puzzle for me. Now it isn't a puzzle, probably. Gemara, except for rare places in your Yerbamos, and that's why this Masefta of this year is like, a, you know, it's a humbling one, because it's very, very difficult. But except for rare places in your Yerbamos, I find that, you know, the Sugi is so stylized that it's pretty easy to structure. This is the Shaila, this is the Kashi, this is the Tavritz, you know, it's pretty easy to do that. Yushami, you still have to solve. But I think the reason is because it's less developed. I don't think because it's sharper and clearer and more concise. I think it's less developed. Uh-huh. Okay. You know? so it's the opposite. The yeah, the opposite. that's my opinion. Yeah. Right, yes. Is that like a worthwhile, like, Torah way to, like, uh, I don't know, is it like a worthwhile endeavor to study Torah to, like, try to figure out, like, so yeah, or is it to understand what it's saying? Well, so the, so you can, you can ask that, too. I mean, like, obviously we study Shas for, you know, to understand what's on Hashem and whatever. But um, I have to admit that um, I'm sometimes more interested in the struggle, in the question, than I am in the Teretz. The fact that the Teretz is like, for instance, a lot of times, for instance, we have a halachic union, you know, I have my own opinion, you know, Shakamutari, etc. But I will bow to the opinion of the majority in what the answer that I accept is. So in other words, Psak, I'll follow whatever the those I consider greater and more authoritative than I am. But it may be that I still have my own Havana, right, that is separate than that, and I like to pursue that, right, you know. I think that's being an Isha Halacha, which is not just, um, you know, in learning, but it's also the discipline of, of the Halachic system. Now, I don't know that everybody here would agree with me about that, right? They would say that if you actually think that something is right, you should do it, but I think they might agree with me when I say let the Chumra, I'll follow my own opinion, but the Kula, I won't. So I'll give, you, I'll give you an example of things that I think that are not majority view, but that I personally think are probably Allah. right? I think that probably, let's take something we just did, I think probably both say Shabbos. You're not supposed to say Atoch Adenia Dab Das. Just to just say a tachon and tano, it's supposed to replace a tachon and get that bas. I think it's probably. I mean, I looked in sources. I looked at the, say for you know some of the you know um, the lavush and whatever, and some you know ancient you know sources and in the in tefillah and whatever. I'm pretty convinced that a tachon and tano was made to replace that whole paragraph. Nobody does that, so I don't do it. Okay, there are things that I think are probably kosher that I don't eat. I don't serve. So why, when you come to my house, would you think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what what idiosyncratic shitos of this crazy guy am I accepting? You should know that whatever the from world doesn't eat, I don't eat, and I won't serve you. Right now, if there's something that I'm convinced is treif, you know, it's not kosher, and um, the world accepts it, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to buy it, right? Um, so I'll be machmir on, on myself, right? And, but I won't 
be vacuum on myself for my own crazy spars. Right? And I have other spars like that. But I think if you look into it, that makes a lot of sense about the top of the time, right? Why? What? Why is that? Well, th think about it. I mean, we replace power, we, we have a tabakartanu for this day, we have this, we have that. A tachonatanu repeats the idea of a tachonatanu das. You know, I think it was supposed to be, uh, you know, a substitute thing, but we add it. That's not a big deal, right? It isn't a big deal, but we add it. Right? Well, why, why don't more posts can actually go like Namshel Shlomo and Rambam, that they said that it's what makes sense rather than who said what or the exact road? Because we're people that's fair, you know, I once had a discussion with Rosh Shafter actually, um, with with Rosh Shechter, we had a discussion, which he uh, because he doesn't think there's an idea of precedent in law, and I do. Uh, he doesn't think in a lot. He thinks we always do what we think is the right thing, and maybe he does, right. you know. But the fact is, I find myself bowing, maybe because I'm you know I'm not good enough to understand the majority view. Maybe you know he understands it more than I do, but I find myself bowing to the majority view. In a lot of things in your day, but then why be more machmir than that Moshe No, I just no. privately. That's all. I uh -huh. if I think okay. it's us or I don't want to do it, right? So it's just you know right. I don't make a big point of it, you know. So for instance, no, I understand, I, but that, that just skews it to one direction. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay. So yeah. so and it's, so you know, um, I think that um, you know, and I went to yeshiva and I can't get out of it. There's certain things. I do a davening that in the kilo where I daven, they don't, you know, they um, they uh, they say b'shamru. I don't say b'shamru. Yeah. You know? I don't say baruch shemli alum. Certainly not a motzi shabbos, which I think it's clear that you don't. But you know, but if I daven from the oven, I'll say because that's the you know, and, and I try not to daven from the oven when I don't, you know, for those things. But if I hear it say not to daven from the oven, I'll I'll say what the kahila says, right? But uh, you know, because uh, they have a halachic tradition as well. I mean, no, no, I, I understand why you're doing it in the public. I'm saying in private, why only l'chumra and not the... That's what I'm asking. If, if you because really I, think because that I don't have the serious. arrogance to think that, you know, it's a machlokas, uh, the shach and me. I find that absurd. I find the idea yeah. that there's machlokas of the shach and me to be Yeah, but is it going more machmir also kind of doing that? No? Well, that's only for, that's only for my conscience, right? So. Uh -huh. You know, so uh, I can't, I don't have the arrogance to abrogate something, somebody said something's wrong. Something, if, if I do it, no, my question the is shop what? doesn't say that you I have don't to, hold on, yeah, yeah. the shop doesn't say you have to eat this. Shop wouldn't yeah. care if I didn't eat it, right? Okay, was, yeah. So I don't answer, so I don't eat it. But yeah. the shop might be upset if I did eat something that he said was us or and I say is mutter. Right? Okay, so I'm not disagreeing with him, I don't, you know. No, I'm just saying, I, can make the I need more than enough. You know? right, I can make the argument the other way that he might he might mind if he said that if he says something as much as that it's. So that'll be right. the second. When do you speak to the Ramban? Right. That'll or be to the, the base Yosef, you'll speak <laughs> to the shop and you'll ask. Him. Okay. So you know we can only guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I would like you to pay a little bit of attention to Rashi Shita, what he does with the Gemara. Now, what would he do with the third Gemara? The third Gemara was the one in the Elu Ovrin in, in something, which had the, what does that one have? It has the sources like for, like Clay Midjan, for Tom Kikar. So what we have to do with those? We'll have to say that those are Asmachta. Okay? Now, sometimes Rashi is a local Parshan and not consistent with himself, but most of the time he is. So he'll explain those. So he's got three moving parts. 
and he'll explain them the way that he did. That's Allah Shita. Take the three sugyas and explain them in the way that you do. That's the way halacha works. Okay? So he anchors the halacha in Avodah That then forces a perush in Cholid, in Rava, right? And leads him to another perush in Be'elu Ovrit. Okay? Get it? Okay? That's a classic um, halachic thing. Listen, we went a little bit longer than we normally do. Um, you have all this written out, and um, I want you to look at the Rosh's shita, uh, Rabbeinu Tam's shita, as stated by the Rosh, right? So we'll see Rabbeinu Tam's shita in this, and then we're, we're going to start to get into the Shulchan Aruch. And the Shulchan Aruch has a whole bunch of other, um, you know, it's not as concerned with the sugyas now, of Tom Kikar, but the application and how consistent it is with other areas of halacha, and specifically is what's the nature of hashgacha in uh, in um, is it Adis, when you rely on somebody to tell you something's kosher or does that Tom does that constitute Adis? and if it does it has to conform to the laws of Adis, so we'll see that. Okay. All right, good. Thank you. Okay, so I'll we'll we'll try to link up, you know. And, but you should read through those things, and then you you know bring me questions. Okay, all right. And by the way, I just want to remind everybody that you have um, you can always send me an email and say, "Can I talk to you today? I want to ask you this or that or whatever." Just assume it's like I'm here. I'll I'll just call you on the phone, right? So I will be here more. Are you but here? I sometimes I'm here. Oh, okay. But sometimes I'm not because. Um, you know, I've got a Monday Goldman Sachs this week, so I'm giving a share there tomorrow morning. I've, I've got a bunch of, I, I really overended on speaking to YU right now, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of different things. I wouldn't want to bother you now. What? I wouldn't want to bother you now. Yeah, Okay, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, just, well, I have the first one, yeah. and I have the third one. Just you don't have the second? I uh, no, I, I wasn't here for the second. I'll send so you. Did, did I send you the second? No, you, you sent oh, me. Oh, oh, but you don't have the, the recording. I'm putting up the second. Do you have a recording of the second? Yeah, somebody. Can you do me a favor?